0: Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Good morning, Touch Heaven, Canfield, in the house, and those of you who are online, and many of you are outside preparing for the uh, picnic celebration. It's a wonderful day in the kingdom of God, is it not? Welcome, welcome, most welcome. Welcome as we consider communion let's read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 let's get very basic starting in verse 23 first Corinthians chapter 11 starting in verse 23 now this is Paul speaking and he's of course sharing what he received from the Lord both from the testimony of Jesus Christ and the revelation that he received through the Holy Spirit And he says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the blood of the Lord. And so he says examine yourself so that we enter into communion properly. I think I'd like to take that moment as we prepare our hearts and spirits to to say, Lord, and for us to each open our hearts to him and say, Lord, find that unclean thing in me as it might be, and Father, let me confess and repent and remove of it. It's a good time to confess our flesh. We carry a lot of baggage throughout a week it's a good time to confess our own self-condemnation and issues realizing that it's the righteousness of christ that allows us to be holy before god and all we need to do is confess and ask because he was indeed made sin that you and i might be made the righteousness of god in christ jesus so let's take that moment and ask the father to scour our hearts lord Find every unclean little thing, every mite, every log, every issue. And Father, we ask you, Lord, to just magnify it in our own spirit that, Lord, we might say to you, Lord, it's not trite, it's not minimal, it's you, O God. And we ask you, Father, to forgive us our shortcomings, all of them, whatever they be, and we present to you, Father... The righteousness of Jesus Christ our Lord our Savior we thank you Lord that it's by him only and through him only that we can approach you at this most holy time in communion and that also we can walk with the confidence that we know that we have been touched by the love of the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ in Jesus name I want to talk first of all about the bread now in a typical seder it's called a matzah and you've seen it Uh, you can get it in nice boxes in the store or at the deli and it has little lines that are put through it and there's all kind of stories and things and fables and testimonies that go with that the bottom line is is that it had to be made to be taken with the israelites uh, from their departure In Exodus as we understand from Egypt and they had to go in haste and this bread had to last but it only lasted until they were in the desert place free and delivered and then something very amazing happened it was manna from heaven the Lord delivered bread from heaven a very wondrous bread to this day we wonder what it might have been all we know is that between that bread that they received And the water that the Lord gave them, it was enough to sustain them for everything. You talk about a power pill if there is such a thing. Everything was in there. Every nutrient, every carbohydrate, every protein, whatever the body required. Some of you learning recently sodium and potassium and things. Whatever the body required, it was there in that little piece of manna that came And it had instructions, and the instructions were that it came fresh every morning, just like Jesus, to pick it up in the morning, but don't take more than you could use that day, because faithfully, you had to trust that fresh manna would come in the morning. And if they tried to keep the manna, it would begin to fail, and it would begin to smell, and it didn't have what it required for them for that day. So it required something that was both spiritual and physical. Spiritual in the sense that, yes, it's coming tomorrow, and that this is from heaven, and so if it's from heaven, it must be the best. Physical, that you had to make an effort to go collect it and eat it. And then you had to have discipline and be obedient and not try to take more in case maybe there wasn't something in the morning or you were concerned that there would be an outburst of rain or how about a flock of devouring birds that would steal your manna whatever the thoughts there were that would come in that would begin to stray the people from fresh manna well Christ comes on the scene and I want to read from John chapter 6 verse 47 if we will please John chapter 6 verse 47 In it he writes, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. He now connects heaven through man, he the son of man, on earth, but with the ability to be able to eat of a bread that gives everlasting life. You can imagine he got the attention of his audience so much that the Pharisees wanted to kill him. After this statement because they said he wants us to eat his flesh and in so doing he thinks that we would receive everlasting life you could imagine them gossiping amongst each other who could believe such a thing who would say such a thing this man is crazy not only is he crazy he's blasphemous and he's leading the people wrong but Jesus says I am the bread of life and your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they're dead they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, that I shall give is my flesh. He will live forever. And this bread which I shall give is for the life of the world. So obviously the Jews quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us flesh to eat. What was required and is required is what we learn from Paul later on and also as the disciples who practiced the communion thereafter. As Christ had said, as often as you come together, join in this communion. And that was that there's a spiritual transformation that happens even in the symbol of this bread, which first of all symbolizes manna from heaven. Secondly, it symbolizes the bread, the body of Jesus Christ. Something very amazing happened. He says, break this bread, and you may do so with me if you can. It's so small, I think you could grab it. And something happened that as his body was broken, and as he resurrected, this body multiplied. And it multiplied into a government, a kingdom without end, So that each and every person that accepts Christ and believes that his life is giving us eternal life, everyone who does becomes the member of a greater body of Christ. And so this body broken, this bread broken, is, if you will, a passport into eternal life through the body of Jesus Christ. And what he said was, as often as you come together, break this bread together as they would by the way during the Seder during the Passover supper he would break the bread and pass it to the left and the right that was what Jesus would do the head of the Seder the head of the household at that time or the rabbi or the priest break the bread and pass it and each one break and take a piece symbolizing that there's fellowship and relationship in the breaking of the bread And that's what we want to gleam the most right now, are these essential points. One, as often as you come together. Yes, it's okay, and it's good to have communion by yourself. Do it myself multiple times, and there was a point in my life where it was a couple times a day, as it was just the Lord and I. But it's something special when you come together and you celebrate communion and the Holy Sacrament together, which is the body, the bread of Jesus Christ, Because simply you by yourself, you cannot become, you cannot constitute the body of Jesus Christ. But all of us together, join with the sisters and brethren in the kingdom of God, both those present on the earth today and those who have moved on, we become the member of a greater body of Christ, a world without end, a number that cannot be counted. And so as we do so, we also understand that something happens something happens that we are partaking of the divine nature of God and we are understanding that we are celebrating the fact as Peter said that we are partakers of that divine nature and in so we get all the blessings of God there's a transformation there's something that happens through the Spirit of God that is we accept that this indeed indeed is spiritual for us not just physical not just about eating in fact Paul, he warned the Corinthians, if you're hungry, eat before you come to communion. Don't take communion for dinner. This is not your dinner. This isn't your supper. This isn't a supplement to eat. This is holy communion. And do it together. Come together. Examine yourselves so that the Lord can make us pure and then enter in together. So let's do that. Let's take a piece, if you will. Are you you all... Good back here? Good. And if we will, let's just ask the Lord now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we've come to celebrate the bread, the body, the eternal life of Jesus Christ. And we enter in together now, celebrating, Father, that we have eternal life and that this bread, this body of Christ, which we celebrate all the times that we wish to come together and celebrate you means the same thing for us. It means, Lord, that you've gifted us with blessings of healing. You've gifted us with blessings of deliverance. You've gifted us with blessings of restoration. Countless promises that we cannot number. All the blessings of heaven have come to earth in Jesus Christ. And now we celebrate, Father, that you continue to pour them out. And we thank you, Jesus, that you offered yourself up for us that your body was broken on the cross for us in that now we come together as your holy body your righteous body here on earth and in heaven in Jesus name let us take at every Seder and by the way that is the roots of communion. This was at a Passover dinner, as you might call it, the Last Supper as we know it better. If you'd like to see a little illustration of it done very well, you can go in the chapel. There's a painting there, another story that the Lord wondrously, amazingly gave to me after I'd asked for something that was not your typical blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus sitting at a dining room table in Great Britain. And uh, it really does typify it as best as you can. And when you see it, you'll realize this was what we call the Last Supper. It was his last Seder. Very interesting point. He said, I've waited and longed for this dinner. He knew from the beginning of the time he would come to this dinner. And he was waiting for this dinner because he realized that this would become the sign of the new covenant of Jesus Christ. So he announces to his disciples, I've been waiting so long for the supper, knowing that right after that, it starts all the events that bring him to the horrible death of the cross, and even worse, becoming the Lamb of God, taking the sins of the world himself. And he goes through the four cups, well, really three of them. The four cups represent these four expressions of deliverance that were written of in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. You can read it yourself. One, he says, I will bring out. Two, he says, I will deliver. Three, he says, I will redeem. And finally, he says, I will take. So the first cup comes after various parts of the ceremonial dinner. And as they raised each cup, the first cup would be an acknowledgement of what happened for the Israelites that God brought out the exodus from Israel. So we understand that when we have our seders, when we do our Christian seder or Passover celebration, we celebrate the fact that God has brought us out of the world. He's brought us out of darkness. He's brought us out of a place where we were destined for an eternal life that wasn't the one anyone should want to walk in. And then the second cup is that You can understand, as he said in Exodus, I will deliver. Christ proclaims prophetically and gives the promise that he delivers. Christ delivers. That should be a great consolation for many today who are even wondering and thinking about loved ones, children, husbands, spouses, grandparents, aunts, uncles, relationships, friends. Christ promises, he says, I will deliver. And this goes all the way back To the edict that god proclaimed in that great exodus that also by the way what it was the passage was made through the blood of a lamb put across the door i will deliver then the third cup i will redeem the redeemer this is the cup that jesus lifted the one that they said was at the end of the supper and i'll explain that in a moment and He lifted this cup, and he presented it to his disciples. And he said, drink of this cup. This is my blood, which I shed for you. They understood this was the moment. This was the time that was prophetic, both for Israel, and and it's called a messianic moment. This was the moment when potentially a messiah would come to redeem his people again. Some believed that he was coming soon to get them out of the grasp of a cruel Roman occupation. But Christ said, this is my blood. Take and drink of this. The Redeemer is come. He also said something very, very strange, but now we understand it. He said, I will not drink again of a cup, this cup, any cup with you until that time in heaven. When you're with me at that marriage supper that supper that we read about in the book of revelation the marriage of the lamb of god when the body of christ is united with the son of god the lamb of god the redeemer can you imagine when he drinks that cup and do you know what that fourth cup is i will take i will take you out and you will be with me What he's talking about is that you will no longer, all of us, everybody will be that believes in Jesus Christ in the kingdom eternally, forever, forevermore. These four cups also, some say, represent, and it's the Vilna Gaon, it says it represents four worlds. The first world is this world. The second one is the Messianic world. The third world, or the Messianic age, is the world of the revival of the dead the dead shall walk and live and the fourth is the world to come I will take we will celebrate eternal life together in the heavenly places I would like us to declare in these four cups I want us to focus on the cup of redemption the third cup the fourth cup is actually sometimes called the cup of consumption. And many believe that this was the cup that Christ cried about on the cross when he said, Father, lift this cup for me on his way to the cross in the garden. Lift this cup for me, if you will, nevertheless, I will drink it. It was the cup of wrath, the cup of the sins of the world, the cup of, of his own sacrifice of his entire being, including his soul. For the soul that sins must die. And it tells us his soul was made a trespass offering that we might live. That was the cup of wrath. There's some that say there will be a fifth cup. I don't know about that one. I don't see it or read it anywhere. And they think that that is the cup that's spoken of in Revelation. That I do not know. But I knew no. he said, I will not drink of this cup, this third cup, this cup that I celebrate with you, this cup of the Seder, until we are together again. Now, before we take of this cup, what might that mean? Let us just consider a moment. Might that mean that as the body of Christ, those called together, in a celebration of the communion of Jesus, both the bread, the body, both the wine, the blood, that we're the priests that we like to say we are here on earth, God has turned us into priests and kings, has he not? And a priestly celebration is to do sacrifice, and not only to do sacrifice, but to offer up to the Lord that which we have. If we were living in the days of the legalism of the law, we would bring our lamb in, and we would make sure that that lamb was properly prepared, and we would offer that lamb and put the blood on the altar and we would also have our matzah with us and the bread offering, the meal offering that the priest alone would take and then offer on the altar of God as a sweet incense. So what he has said to us, he has made us to be priests and kings and as priests, one of our priestly rights, one of our priestly obligations, because Jesus says as often as you come together and have that heart remind and remember me, take together, is that ability, that capacity to offer communion unto Christ. It's not just us having a symbol. It's not us just wanting to receive the blessings of the communion, but it's literally offering unto him and saying, Lord Jesus, we are the priests that you've lifted us up to be, and we celebrate the blood, your blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that takes away the sins of the world. We are the priests unto the world. You are the priests unto the world. A telephone pole isn't going to save anybody. A donkey's not going to blurt out. A chicken's not going to talk. A soothsayer isn't going to have an answer. A psychiatrist doesn't know. All the counseling in the world won't get anybody to the place where the blood, the blood, does what he promised to do. And so we thank him for that. And understanding that priestly right and responsibility, tying it together with understanding we're celebrating redemption. Our Redeemer has come. Understanding that we're partaking of his divine nature, that this isn't just something that's contained in a little vessel that was processed as a wine or a grape juice. This is literally our capacity as a priest, just as the priest of old would offer something on the altar and it transformed and was sweet, and acceptable to god so do we offer unto the altar and say father thank you for the blood the blood of jesus we thank you lord that you have given us the most you could give us all of yourself that your precious blood washes away our sins and makes us righteous before you so father we offer we thank you for this blood we offer ourselves to you lord it's all we have it's all you ask for It's nothing else that you need. You gave your only begotten son because you loved us so much. And Jesus, you willingly went to the cross, descended into hell and ascended again, giving us new birth, new life, and the blood covenant. So we celebrate. We offer to you as priests, Lord, as children. We say, Abba, Daddy, Jesus, our Redeemer. Let us take.